Welcome to the Living It Up podcast. Okay, folks, welcome to the Living It Up podcast. Brian here. I've got George. We are coming to you after day one of the Live Golf Portland series out at Pumpkin Ridge. Here's what we saw today. We saw some good shots. We saw a lot of shots. I'll tell you that much. But on top of the leaderboard, Carlos Ortiz, followed by Dustin Johnson. Carlos Ortiz at five under 67. DJ at four under. Pack of guys at three, including Pat Perez, Hadito Tanihara, Brandon Grace. On the team category, we've got the four aces, as I predicted, in seven under, seven under par in the lead by two over the uh, – the Stingers from South Africa. George, what did you see? What did you learn from the uh, the Portland showing today on YouTube? I mean, like, the, the most important thing, again, is, one, you're starting to see, I think what we're hoping for is, like, A, we've got a bunch of leaderboard. So that, that'll make great golf down the stretch. Um, two, they're, they're getting better at the production. I mean, mm-hmm. You you get wall to wall golf for five hours. I yeah, mean, it is it is shot after shot after shot. Now I'll say, which is amazing, but also it, it's something they're going to have to work on because you don't have a lot of context to the shot. So I think as the production team and the announcers get better at the moment and the shots and sort of being able to put it in context of what's going on. Um, I think these broadcasts are going to become like really, really good um, because the looking at it from using YouTube, you know, you're going to be able to have instead of like, this is a commercial break or the playing through or mm-hmm. whatever we get on other things, they get all the data. You'll just get targeted ads later. You'll get or ads on the sidebar or like they can put ads somewhere else. Um, so I, I personally seeing these things come together and seeing who's kind of starting to rise to the top of the leaderboard. I, I think this thing is starting to take shape. Like I, I can see where the shape is coming from. It's, it's still a little bit of a cloud, but yeah, you we'll, can we'll start talk, to we'll see talk about the edges. some of the things that are, uh, you know, a little janky in, in need of some work, but I'm with you. I think we're starting to see this stuff take shape and we're starting to see, you know, to your point, like, a little bit of uh, the cream that we wanted to rise to the top of the leaderboard being there. And they're going to need that star power. No, no offense to Charles Schwartzel, but he is not the draw on, on social media that, that these other guys are. And so he's not going to draw the eyeballs and draw the attention. Um, I, I I'm totally with you too on the amount of golf we saw and like how that's got to get put into context. Like there's got to be a little lead into, Hey, what hole are we on? So there's a little context there. Hey, what's this putt for? And, and I'll tell you what, and we'll talk about this in our sort of, you know, uh, things that can improve section, uh, if you will. Uh, the leaderboard was a little janky at times. You're like, you're putting for birdie. So you think the leaderboard's going to change, but then it doesn't. And so there, there's a little of that production value that I think you're exactly right. You're starting to see things come, but there's still still some room to go. I'll tell you another thing that gets on the uh, the point of all the golf we saw. I heard some takes on Twitter that it's like, this is just not good golf, which I, I, I kind of fundamentally disagree with as somebody that has watched PGA Tour live and watched featured groups. When you watch featured groups, you see good shots and bad shots. When you watch the weekend broadcast on CBS or NBC, you tend to see 
the guys that are playing well that week anyway, so they're hitting good golf shots. And you're seeing a lot of, you know, uh, pre-recorded shots that they come back to and they act like they're live. So when you see the amount of shots after shots after shots after shots, you're going to see the good ones and the poor ones. And so I actually like that. It, it reminds me of, of feature groups. It just is everybody's in feature groups. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, I mean, NBC. So there was some Twitter buzz today, whether or not NBC is sort of the, the broadcast backbone Ooh. of this thing. Uh, Norman was in front of the, um, the, 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 I guess, Sunday night football bus pointing and being like, Hey, this is us in response in, in the petty wars that, that are <laughs> ongoing. And I kind of don't want to get into that. Cause I think both, both tours are doing a disservice by getting into the petty wars. Um, it makes for great t- Twitter content, but as a fan, I'm not sure where it gets us. Um, but I mean, to your point, when you watch, when we watch a broadcast on NBC and um, I've heard some of their people interviewed and they, they specifically say like their production team, everything we're seeing on NBC is at least 10 to 20 seconds oh, behind. If, if not so, minutes behind, because you've already seen the leaderboard right. update on. on and, like and, so, and so they're like, Hey, let's go to 13. And here's, you know, I'll say grabbing a name, you know, Hadito Tanahara from 38 feet. Oh my God. He drains it. And like, they, the the announcer gives us this feigned like excitement, but mm-hmm. the producer's been like, "All right, we're taking you here." He just drained a thirty eight footer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you know, and so like with and having seen it long enough and heard the interviews of the guys, like you know, with a NBC broadcast, oh, we're going to go watch this fifty five foot putt. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna see a bomb. Like I don't need the announcer to tell me what's about to happen because I know just from how they run their broadcast, this is about to happen. Now, yeah. with this, I mean, you're jumping around a lot. It's kind of like NFL Red Zone on steroids. And yes. I, I do think they're going to have to fine-tune it. But I, I personally am like, let's start by going full send. And it's easier to rein it in than trying to keep stretching it longer and longer. So 100%. I, I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a good start. I, I like what I'm seeing. Um, and you know what, frankly, no one complains about bad golf. I'll say air quotes, bad golf. If we're watching the U S open when someone's hacking out or has a bad shot, like everyone roots for carnage at the U S open. So if we're catching some bad golf shots, that's great. I, I think that makes it more relatable. And I think it ultimately makes it a better product. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I liked seeing Matt Wolf struggle early on and battle back. Like, that to me is part of the allure, like I said, of, of PGA Tour Live and the feature group segment. Like, I, I'll give you a quick aside. I've watched rounds from Jordan Speed that were like, uh, you know, Broadway productions in terms of the emotional roller coaster he takes you on. And you only get that if you see every shot the guy struck. You don't get it if you see the highlight package of, you know, the four or five putts that he made and the chip in that he had to shoot five under. So, as as a fan that just loves to see the shots, I love to see the shots. So I, again, they'll dial in how to set context and and how to make all that work. But I, I just like seeing the golf shots. Um, Absolutely. I want to move to the I want to move to the golf course, um, Pumpkin Ridge out in Oregon. Not a course we're familiar with in terms of you know big PGA Tour coming there. The last time I think it was in the the world of golf in a big big stage was the U.S. Amateur 
when Tiger Woods won. This is also pre-HD TV, so even that was you know grainy and, and old when we look at old footage of that to try to, to take a look at the course. I liked it. It was beautiful, tree-lined, claustrophobic. I thought it was quintessentially Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, some of the greens I saw were a little bit like smallish by PGA Tour standards. I wonder if that's the uh, the whole composite course. They've got two tracks up there and one clearly looks like it might have uh, bigger, badder bones than the other. Um, but I thought the golf course looked pure. I mean, and I'll give you a funny aside because I went out, uh, we, we live in the DC area and I went out to Congressional, the renovated Congressional for the LPGA event, LPGA uh, Women's PGA Championship. It was, it was an awesome like juxtaposition between tree-lined and claustrophobic and Congo, which is just this, you know, now tree removed expanse of land that's so massive, but that's, that's the awesome part of golf. I'll just a, a quick aside on that. It was cool to see uh, something totally different than, than what I had just uh, walked the courses of, but what do you, what did you think of Pumped Ridge, George? No, I, I thought, it, I thought it showed great on TV. Um, I think those of us who, you know, had heard about live coming had have always dreamed about if, if there's a smaller event, can they get to cooler courses, right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. they don't have to spoiled. bring the whole, the whole clown show to town. Where could they go? Co- correct. And, you know, we, we've always, like people, the golf dorks that are like myself and everyone else, you know, God, could we see, could we see Pine Valley? Could we see these guys, like tour pros, go play in a tournament at some of these just like fabled places that are never going to host a U.S. Open, that are never going to host you know, even, you know, whatever tour event. Um, and it's, it's yet to be seen. Obviously pumpkin Ridge has hosted a USGA event. So it's, it's had, you know, it's kind of moment in the sun. Um, it showed great on TV and it, it, this comes back to, I think one of the, like the really big takeaways from this is the, what you see on TV and how they present a course and you see shots and you see kind of where these guys are. It, it is, if you put it up on your TV, and like I know everyone's like, oh, it's on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. But if you put this up on your TV, you can't tell the difference between what we're watching on YouTube versus what you're seeing from a CBS broadcast. So the, the, the fan seeing what we're getting is no worse. And like these courses present well. So I... And like, I kind of was paying attention to see like, Hey, how many fans are out there? How crowded is it? I saw they did have some big pavilions. So they definitely are building some infrastructure for these events, um, which I don't know how that'll play for some of like the hopes of like, God, could you get to like a super cool course um, and go do it? Like, could these guys, could the pros go play Paso Tiempo? How cool would that be? Yeah. Um, it, it hosts the Western AM. So it definitely does some events, but like, how cool could that be? Um, oh yeah, the Western Intercollegiate on on Golf Channel for the for the college kids was amazing. I mean, that's a course that you know is a bucket list course for a lot of people that know West Coast golf, and and that was sweet to see. And I'm I'm totally with you. I think we've seen a cool track in Pumpkin Ridge that you know big time golf hasn't seen in quite some time. Um, I'm excited to see you know what next year and the years after might bring. Um, let's let's move on. Hey, I know we'd already wait, wait, before upon, we before oh, we ahead. leave this one point real quick. So you used to live in the Pacific Northwest and yeah. the tour, I mean, they, they went out there for chambers for the U S open. The tour Sally hasn't been there for, yeah, in forever. For 98 PGA. And I think a senior in 2010, but yeah, not, think, not forever. Like if, if live were to 
and and Portland's an interesting choice for live for numerous reasons. Um, the, we're not touching on this chat, but like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Um, if if this tour says like, hey, we're anchoring an event here in the Pacific Northwest, call it Pumpkin Ridge or you know some other place if they can get out to you know Aldera or some of these great courses up in the Seattle area like do you think by going to places that are all metropolitan cosmopolitan that don't get served by the tour do you think that gives them an opportunity to grab fans that love golf i mean that area loves golf and summer they're there. definitely golf yeah they're definitely golf starved and i'll tell you they're in the sweet spot uh the joke for for, for seattleites I, I lived in seattle for a long time is that summer doesn't start until july the 5th uh, which is absolutely true but i mean the summertime out there is phenomenal so and, and the other thing i'll say is especially on a day like a thursday how nice is it to have golf that ends you know as you're maybe getting home from work or you're winding down the day and you can throw on throw on, you know, afternoon golf uh, in prime time, if you will. So I think Pacific, well, Pacific Northwest or Pacific golf in this sort of uh, time period is awesome. Well, and, and I would say that's actually my kind of half criticism, again, coming back to the, we have some comments about the, the broadcast, but I mean, it stays light until 10 o'clock yeah, forever, forever. In, in the summer out there. Cause like I went to school out there, so I, I know the summers and it's, I'm like, dude, they could have teed off at 4.45 instead of oh, 1.45 yeah. um, Pacific time. And we'd be watching golf prime time on a Thursday night in the summer when, like, there's no shows on. There's nothing yeah. on. And more importantly, the PGA event is over. Like, this is yeah. live golf. And I know golf fans. Like, we, we know a lot of golf fans they'll tune into almost anything that's live. And I just feel like they, they've missed a moment there by not starting it later to embrace that time zone difference. And I have, to, I, I, I'm going to just guess that someone's like, well, I guess by starting at one fifteen or whatever it was specific time that that actually captured the sort of not quite late night European viewing but it let mm -hmm. the European viewers catch on. Yeah, which, that is true. Which, which, which makes sense. Global, like, it is I mean, such a it global, is a global Exactly. It's a global tour. So they're, they're looking at bigger than the U.S. fan base, which you have to kind of tip your cap. We're, we're very U.S.-centric in our uh, look at this. But you're like, man, that, that could have really had a moment or an opportunity to see where it could go if you really capture where these – I'll say true golf fans – will pretty much watch anything. I'm, I'm totally with you. So we, we, uh, we want to make these kind of quick updates for today. Let's, let's do some rapid fire takes, uh, uh, and especially because we talked about some uh, things that we want improved or, or things that we think are a little janky. So uh, I'll get started with one, relatively minor, but it's funny. The mics and the cups need to get dialed down. Like, you're at a 10, I need you at a 2. Like, it's just a funny thing. I know that Fox got this started, I think, in one of the – you know, maybe it was Chambers or one of those U.S. Opens. They got the quick feedback. They dialed it down. I figured it would be dialed down because it was so dang loud in, in London. It's still pretty loud. But it still sounds kind of janky. They got to figure that out. 
Yeah, and it's funny because you mentioned it, and then I all of a sudden, like, I don't think I'd paid attention to it until you mentioned it. As soon as I heard it, I could never unhear it for the rest of the broadcast. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, absurd. And then I'll take another one, and I'll let you jump in for some of yours. I think the announcers are interesting on so many levels. Like, Arlo White, for one, he makes me think about Ted Lasso. That makes me smile, and so I just kind of smile when he talks. And he's an excitable guy. But I think in general, like Jerry Foltz is just like trying too hard and he's like just being so glowing. It's sort of, you know, it sort of reminds me of like kind of, you know, show don't tell. Like you don't have to talk. You don't have to say how innovative you are. Right. Let let the innovation speak for itself. There's lots of innovation happening. Just let it breathe. You don't have to like say it every 30 minutes. Like it just gets a little too excitable. And it it, it, it almost like just leans into people thinking like, oh, this is a self-serving exhibition, blah, blah, blah. Like, guys, just if you tone it down a little bit, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get this flack. That, that's a, like very accurate. And, and we had talked about this, I think, kind of offline a little bit, where the, and, and I think it's, it's sort of born out of the petty wars between the tours now, yeah. um, where some of their like overhyping how great it is is in response to the the criticism they're getting or you know the the pushback and it's like you know what and you nail it let your product speak for itself um let the players speak for themselves put it out there and 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 honestly for these guys in in my opinion it's like you have this i'll say a blank slate now obviously there's production value they have to lay out tournaments they have things that they've said all right this is what we're doing but they nothing that they're doing has to be done again next year like just do it all that you've got put out there but take it all in and like all right what do we change what do we how can we fix this and and i think you know with the with the announcers they're just going to have to get better at i mean they they are having to do at least twice as many shots three times as many shots as you know, you see in a normal broadcast on network TV. So they're obviously doing something like that's a little out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And I can only imagine like what's being pumped into their earpieces of just like, here we go, here we go, here we go. You know, 12, 10, nine. Like, I mean, they're just hearing numbers, shots and everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take them time to get used to it. I think to take the production time to get in the rhythm of it. And, and then finally, I would really like them to stop saying how great it is, right? Just go be a tournament. I mean, look, people tune in to Memphis. People are going to tune in to the Quad Cities or what is it, Moline, uh, Illinois, wherever they are for the tour this week. Like, you don't have to say how awesome all of this is. Just do it. And the vibe as it grows, as it happens, that will organically come along. The more you tell us, the more we're going to key in and be like, is it like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, like, Oh my God, the, the merch tent sold out. <laughs> that was a great I mean, yeah. like, so it, it's one of those weird things where I think everyone needs to just calm down. They launch this thing. It works. And now just let it grow into what it's going to be. Totally agree. And then um, I think you had one on the leaderboard. I touched on it a little bit, but it, it, it's one of those things where like, guys, 
this isn't a hard thing. Like figure out the leaderboard. It doesn't have to be so like hard to understand where everything is. Yeah. Like I, I clicked on leaderboard. I went to the Portland tab, clicked leaderboard and it took me to the London thing. And I think you had to go over again and click back down to the Portland event. And you know, this honestly, it should be like a running scroll on the live yep. homepage. Like once yep. the tournament kicks off, like if I click on the live homepage, yeah, that's I should what I want to just see. see the leaderboard. I, yeah. This is, it makes me, I, I want to say wonder... it's over engineered, but it's clearly under engineered because when they, when it's done right, you don't even think twice because it's already there. Like they've already answered the question you think you're going to ask. hundred percent. And this is an, a perfect example. I work in the tech world and the product world where like, Focus is key. Like they should have an app at this point. I kind of gave them a pass in London. Maybe I'll give them a pass for this week, but they need an app. And that app needs to be dead simple. Like you said, you click on the app, you're seeing the leaderboard, you know how to watch. Uh, you you kind of get, get the, the social media feeds and all that stuff. Like, and they've got the trappings of all of it on their website and they're doing a really good job. I think on like, you know, the volume of social media. Um, I think it's a little petty, like you said, but the volume's strong. But I think they need to get an app and they need to get a little bit of kind of product focus in that regard. No, I, and let's, let's see where they go because you're, you're right. It should make it a one-stop shop to make it easy for people. Um, particularly, and I, I have to assume that no matter what they do with a broadcast partner, they will probably still stream from their own like, yeah, I think website. So. So if you have the app, it's like, I can catch the leaderboard. I can catch it all. And it's all right here. I I think that would be, it would make, again, the easier you make it, the more people who will come because like people are lazy. And if you make it easy to digest your content, they're going to be there. Yeah. And again, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll crap on the PJ tour when I say this. It was very easy to snack and be doing other things and pause the broadcast. Like that was awesome. And it was the experience for people that have YouTube TV or other sort of streaming services. They're very used to just like kind of DVR level of ability to fast forward and pause and switch from mobile to your TV, that sort of thing. Uh, When I say I crap on the PJ tour, have you ever tried to like click into when you're, when you're away from your house and you're trying to watch the broadcast? Like it's just a disaster. Like you try to watch something and you have to listen to like, the 30 or 45 seconds of ads just so you can see the leaderboard then they'll cut to commercial like it so this was a breath of fresh air for people that have had that experience like oh i just go to a youtube link great cool now i can pause it and now i can go to my phone or i could do this like it it's 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 already on a good footing i think once they figure out the app and once they figure out perhaps a streaming partner to be determined down the line it's only going to get better from there yep i i i agree um, what'd you see? Uh, what'd you see, George? Let's shift to the uh, the players. What'd you see out of the play today? Well, it looks like Brooks still has his Nike contract because he's wearing horrifically ugly shirts, and <laughs> I, I have to imagine that you're only doing that because the check cleared. Um, so, which is interesting because you know some of the manufacturers have stepped back and said, "Oh, hey, we're gonna take a, we're not gonna be there." But, like, I took a spin around TaylorMade's website today. DJ, Sergio, Matt Wolf, all still probably profiled right yeah. on their website. Um, so I presume they're, they're cool with this. Um, the, obviously, the Nike guys, Brooks, 
terrible shirts and he's still in. So, and I mean, he's been a kind of legendary, like I'm a free agent. I'll do what I want. Um, and so if he's still doing that, I got to assume the checks cleared and Nike is, is on board. Um, so that was one that I noticed. And then the other one was, I think it was on his last hole of the day, DJ pulling out the nine wood. And I have an 81 year old mom who plays golf. <laughs> she, but does she hit it? A, does she hit it 240 yards uh, on, on the pie? I mean, how many times does she have to hit it to get there? But yeah, like, yeah. but I mean, like she's, she's got like, I think, I think it's a nine wood um, and, and swears by it. But I was like, I'm sitting there as like, well, I want to know more about this nine wood. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about anything else that just happened for the last like 40 minutes of golf. I just watched. When I hear that one of the longest players on tour who, you know, even golfers, pros will say DJ is, you know, generationally talented. And like this guy's rocking a nine wood. Like I have questions because yeah. apparently like it goes 240, but it's got like the loft of a seven iron. Like, well, but, but on a, on a pre, it was right before the, the shotgun start. They had a short segment where they were talking to him and, he said it's replacing his three iron. He's saying basically like I hit three iron off the tee only probably because it comes in hot, you know, hitting at 240 plus yards. But this thing apparently, uh, you know, it's a nine wood. So it probably drops down like a butterfly with, with sore feet. Yeah. So I, I guess I got to go on online and, and start shopping for a nine wood. Shop, shopping um, for nine woods. That's going to be the thing. They're going to sell out of nine woods. I'll tell you, you mentioned Brooks though. I, I think in terms of guys that I saw good form out of, the guy's just hitting like, you know, lasers, like he hits like a piss missile with a mid to long iron. And he kind of has that, that feeling of like Brooks we saw when he was ripping off majors at a, at a healthy clip. Like when he stands in that like very poised posture and the ball is just going right down the line, that's a good thing to see. And it makes me think like, man, some of these guys might be in good form, you know, coming up for the open championship. Like I, I look at guys like Brooks, obviously DJ's near the top of the leaderboard today. Uh, you know, Bryson, Answer, P. Reed, they're all looking like they're in solid form. So that, that I think, and we've talked about this, is a, is a huge deal. Like, if these guys are, obviously, if they win, but even in the mix, it just forces more of the conversation, more kind of promotion, if you will, of, of the Live Series. Well, and I, I think Brooks, Brooks is for sure a little bit of a litmus test on that because, like, okay, I think he – he might have been – well, obviously, Tiger was, like, the first one to kind of, like, hit the weight room, bulk up. You got to be fit. Um, and then this next generation, Brooks kind of came along, and everyone got excited. Like, wow, he, he looks – and I'll use air quotes – like a linebacker. Um, yeah. No, no. He looks like a backup quarterback who doesn't yeah, play a lot. Except, except when you see him at an NBA game standing aside a guy. Totally. When you like see linebackers like and actual linebackers and, and wide receivers, he Brooks is the like emergency quarterback or maybe yes. emergency punter. Like, no, 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 people. Let's, let's take a breath. However, but like he definitely is putting in the work. He's working out. And I think there's like usage injuries and like – I know he said he's a hundred percent a tour guy, but like Rory is someone else who's always had some nagging injuries. He's definitely started lifting. He's talked about his exercise regimen. And I think a lot of these guys who, when they're not playing, they're back working out hard. 
trying to like taper and figure their schedules out as to when they're going to peak between like their, their workouts and all these training and obviously working with their coaches to, to make sure they peak at the majors. And if, if this works and like for Brooks, because I mean, I mean, these guys are razor thin. So if Brooks can be there and he's not going to be healthy because he's going to play this event, he can't play next week because they've said, Hey, if you're in live, you can't do the Scottish open or whatever it is. Then like, he's just going to rest and he's got a game that should travel well for an open. I mean, listen, if he wins and I, I'm not a huge Brooks guy, but for the chaos that it would create if he won, uh, I'm all here for it. <laughs> That's yeah. because and, it, it, and, would, it would it would it would validate the model of, hey, you can play, you can be a world class golfer, and not play twenty four times a year. Hundred percent. And then you know I'll say we could probably we could probably cut it here pretty soon, but but it leads me into the the next thing, which is the rumors of who's next. You know, there's already rumors of other top 10 guys. There's speculation here. There's speculation there. I think that we can save that for our wrap pod because we're going to come back after day three of Portland. We're going to talk about how the individual shook out. We're going to talk about how the team shook out. And maybe at that point, we'll have some speculation as to, to who's next and, and why. But hey, George, this was a good chat and enjoy your time. We should say for the people, the audio issues on our last was George's uh, enjoying some time away. Yeah, I'm, I'm offshore. I'm setting up accounts uh, in preparation for uh, numerous sponsors that we're oh, yeah. likely to have. Um, and so, you know, I, I got to deal with, I got to deal with, but it, it just shows the grind that goes into the commitment. And that's true. You know, I'm, I'm going to make sure this product is delivered. That is true commitment, my friend. Well, you have a good one. We will see you in another few. All right. Thanks for listening to the Living It Up podcast. Follow us on the Twitters at Living It Up Pod. See you there.